This is Emmanuel Today, taking steps toward God's possible in your life. On today's program, Pastor Nathan Grams concludes our At Timothy series with a message entitled, Finish Strong. Today, we will concentrate on three keys in order to do just that, finish strong. Let's join Pastor Grams right now. Today, we're going to talk about finishing strong. We're going to go to uh, the Word of God. If you'll look at 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 6, there's some great counsel from the Apostle Paul. This is probably the last letter that he writes. You've got to remember he's writing from prison. Sometimes we complain about our circumstances, but the reality is uh, we are blessed. We are favored by God. Whatever you're facing today, God's grace is enough. He is with you. He is for you, and you're going to make it. And uh, when Paul writes to Timothy in the second letter, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 6 through 8, he says, As for me, my life has already been poured out as an offering to God. The time of my death is near. I have fought the good fight I have finished the race, and I have remained faithful. And now the prize awaits me, the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on the day of his return. And this prize is not just for me, but for all those who eagerly look forward to his appearing. Let's just take a moment and pray. Father, we thank you so much for your voice, for your word. God, we ask that you would open our eyes, our understanding, our hearts to be able to receive what you speak into our story today. God, I ask that you would help us to see how to live out, how to practice and carry out your wisdom, God. Whatever the circumstance we're facing, we receive your voice today. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 There's a few things that, that Paul mentions here. You know, he says, I'm, 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 I know the time of my death is near. I know that my, my cup is almost empty. I'm, I'm pretty much spent, but I can look back at my life and I can say, I have fought the good fight. I have run my race. I am finishing strong. And, and Paul, what he's saying to Timothy is not only kind of highlighting, showcasing his own journey, he's encouraging Timothy. Timothy, you've got a fight to, to fight. You've got battles to fight. You've got a race to run. And I want to encourage you to run in a way that you can finish strong. Today, what we're going to look at is Paul's words, God's words through the Apostle Paul, as we learn how to live life right, how we learn how to fight the right battles, and how we learn how to finish strong. Amen? Live life right, fight the right battles, fight the good fights, and finish strong. First thing that, that Paul talks about is living life in, in the right way. It's astonishing how many people will go online year after year and Google what's the meaning of life, what's the purpose of life. And uh, there's, there's, a, there's, there's something inside of us, a search within humanity trying to find, okay, what is the meaning of my existence? Why, why am I here? What am I here for? And, uh, and, and we really can't arrive to the answer to that until we go to our designer, our creator, He's the one that gives us meaning. He's the one that gives us purpose. He's the one that gives us direction. At Emmanuel, we, we believe this with such a strong conviction that we, you know, if we've got to summarize our vision, our mission as a church, we talk about our mission being 
for everyone, everybody to know Jesus, to grow together, and to live with purpose. That live with purpose, that's at the center of who we are as a church. We want to discover what that purpose is. We want to live it fully. We want to, we want to be uh, spent and pour our life into something that is meaningful, that makes a difference, right? Paul talks about this, and he looks back, and, and you know, you'll even notice in that text we read, he's got eternity in sight. He knows that, that death is just transition into the next stage, the next season you know, our, this side of, of our life is such a short portion of who we are because we've been created to be eternal. We were created to be with God forever and ever. And as we face the end of, of this side of eternity, we have hope, not despair. We look at stepping into the fullness of, of who God has created us to be. And Paul lives this way. He says, you know what? I'm getting close to my finish line, but that's not the end. I don't stop existing at that point. I'm looking forward to the moment when I get the crown, when I get the prize, when I get the, 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 the commending from my father saying, well done, you've run well, you made it. Here's your crown, here's the prize, here's, here's my favor, my, my, uh, my acceptance, my receiving of you into eternity. And he's urging Timothy throughout both of these books to live with eternity in sight. Live for eternity. There's a great text in Timothy 6, 12, it says, fight the good fight for the true faith. Hold tightly to the eternal life to which God has called you, which you have declared so well before many witnesses. Hold tightly to the eternal life. There's a lot of stuff that we cling to. There's a lot of things that we, we just hold on to and, uh, and consider to be kind of an anchor, a pillar for our lives. The reality is we need to live our life in light of eternity, thinking of the fact that we are eternal beings, but this is just a portion of our story. We, we have so much ahead of us. You know, so often we uh, prepare for vacation. We pour so much energy and time into, into planning it out, into packing, into uh, thinking through. I don't know how many of you guys uh, enjoy kind of structuring and planning out your whole vacation, and you make sure that you get the most out of it, Right? How many of you guys are like, just let me sleep. Throw me on a beach and wake me up when it's time to eat, right? That's, you know, we in my, my uh, family of origin, we have, my mom and I are kind of the strategians of the vacation. And the rest of uh, the family's always said, hey, we're just going to put in neutral. You guys just, you know, figure it out and feed us when it's time to eat and uh, let us know when to go to bed, right? So depending on what your mindset is, you might put a lot of energy and time into thinking through what you're going to do and make the most of your vacation you know, we, we put a lot of intentionality into moments that we want to be significant. And sometimes we miss out on planning life in light of eternity, of prepping for eternity, living this side of our existence in preparation for eternity. God has a future. He's got hope. He's got glory uh, awaiting us, and we need to live life that way. He uh, also, Paul tells us to hold loosely to what's temporary. Hold loosely to what's temporary. I love a quote by Jim Elliott. Uh, he was a, a missionary and martyr to uh, an indigenous tribe in Ecuador. He said, he is no fool who gives up what he cannot retain to gain what he cannot lose. And he knew he was in danger of, of losing his life when he went to, uh, to minister to the Alka Indians. And that's exactly what happened. His wife later returned uh, to pick up the baton of that mission. 
But from the onset, he said, you know what? I'm no fool to lose what I can't retain in order to gain what I can never lose. We have eternity uh, as, our, as our goal, as our North Star. Love what it says in 1 Timothy 6, 7. After all, we brought nothing with us when we came into the world. We cannot take anything with us when we leave it. Verse 17, teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud and to not trust in their money, which is so unreliable. Their trust should be in God who richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment. So live for eternity. Hold loosely to everything that's temporary. And then there's, there's, a, there's a big chunk of, of 2 Timothy that's, that's dedicated to predictions about the end times. And uh, whenever we read about the end times, we're not meant to do it to kind of decode it and uh, outsmart God and figure out the chronology and, and, and figure out the, the nuances of the timing. It's more to prepare our hearts to recognize the, the signs of the times, the things, the things that are going on around us, and to respond in a way that reflects the hope that's inside of us. Not to drive us to an attitude of fear, but rather to strengthen the hope that we have inside of us. Look at what, what Paul says in 2 Timothy 3, verse 1 through 5, and then verse 8. You know my faith, my patience, my love, and my endurance. You should know this, Timothy, that in the last days there will be very difficult times. For people will love only themselves and their money. Nothing like what we uh, experience uh, in, our, in our context and culture today, right? They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents, and ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. They will be cruel and hate what is good. They will betray their friends, be reckless, be puffed up with pride, and love pleasure rather than God. They will act religious, but they will reject the power that can make them godly. Stay away from people like that. These teachers oppose the truth, just as James and Jambers oppose Moses. They have depraved minds and a counterfeit faith. It's a whole description of, of the value shift that happens in society and culture in the last days. And, and, and Paul says there's going to be difficult times. He doesn't say this so that Timothy will, will hide his head in the ground or he'll bunker up or he'll, he'll try to, you know, find a place to seclude himself to. He's saying it so that Timothy, when he's faced with these realities, doesn't feel like God has fallen off the throne, doesn't feel like God is no longer sovereign, but realizes that God has anticipated and that he will give a grace and he will give light when darkness shines and seems to overwhelm it. This is a time, this is an opportunity to respond with the message. You'll later say, preach in season and out of season. Do everything within your reach to bring the message of God to the people around you. So when we look at our context, when we look at, at this, we look at the predictions, the promises in Scripture, we shouldn't think of it as, as uh, something that should instill fear in us or something that should, should make us want to, to kind of retreat or bunker up or, or hide away or, or it shouldn't produce anxiety in us. On the contrary, it's a reminder that God is in control and that in the end, he wins. How many say amen to that, right? In the end, God wins. So how do we respond to these last days? You might say, well, you know, 
It's been the last days for a long time. Though what uh, Pastor uh, Daniels, G. Mark Daniels used to say, it's last days, you know what? It's our last days. This is, you know, this is the one life we get. And this, we gotta live it as such. This is our last days, right? And it may be that it's someone else's last days. So we shouldn't just say, well, you know, I'll speculate and I'll, you know, when I, when I feel like we're getting really close, then I, can, then I can really engage in faith and do what God wants me to do. No, let's live understanding that there is an urgency. There is an opportunity. There is something that, that God has set in motion. He's a plan that he, is, that he is completing, that he's fulfilling, and we are part of that plan. Don't freak out. Don't live in fear. Don't bunker up. Understand the times and live life right. Live life right. Love what, uh, what uh, Pastor Rick Warren talks about. He says that humanity faces three basic temptations. The temptation to be, which is narcissism, the love of oneself, right? The temptation to have, which is materialism, right? It's that, that, that ambition, that greed, that desire to always have more. It's never, never quenched. And then the temptation to feel, which is that, that love of pleasure, that hedonism, that sensory uh, obsession with, with trying to feel. Trying, and, and we live in, in a reality, just like Paul lived back in, in the first century, where, where human hearts are, they're, they're drifting towards the love of themselves, love of pleasure, love of money, love of, of, of you know, hedonism, anything that turns into a distraction from seeing God and loving him. In the middle of that context, we need to live life right. Living life right doesn't mean like, okay, I don't care what you do. I'm just going to stick to my lane. Don't bother me. Let me be. Let me. No, that's not living life right. Living life right is also being a beacon of hope to the people that are surrounding us. Amen? And Paul says that. He says, you know, speak hope. Speak hope in season and out of season. Speak hope to the world that surrounds you. God has placed you in friendships, in relationships, where you are God's plan, God's strategy, God's messenger, to be able to bring an introduction of what it means that he has purpose, that he has meaning, he has life, he has love for them. And, and, and we might speculate with that or might, we might be so focused on our own journey that we might lose sight of the world that's surrounding us. We need to live life right, understanding that we are always on mission to bring hope, to bring light to those who are around us. How many say amen to that, right? It's good to say amen. Now it's good to walk it out. Amen? And I want to say amen to that, to seeing, seeing each and every one of us walk that out. Good news is only good news if it arrives on time. It's a great quote from Carl F.H. Henry. It's only good news if it arrives on time. And uh, it's last days. Could be our last days, could be someone else's last days. It's important to be able to know, to recognize the opportunities, to give the good news, the hope that we have in Christ. God cares so much about people that he will go to incredible measures to position us, to be present and be able to introduce good news to them. He will orchestrate things. We might get frustrated because of some interruption in our plan, in our day, but what if God has orchestrated that divine coincidence for us to be present, be able to speak hope, to speak life to someone who we cross paths with? Live life right means live with purpose. Live with purpose. Don't live a reactionary existence. 
Live with the purpose of saying, God, I want to fulfill your plan for today. Let's not, you know, sweat about, you know, 20 years from now. Let's think about what God wants us to experience and live today. Paul says, I've lived life right. I've, I've lived in such a way I've been like poured out. Like one of, the, uh, one of the, the sacrifices of the Old Testament was to pour out an offering on the altar. And he says, that's how I feel. My cup is empty because I've been spent. I've been poured out, but I've done it for the right reason. I am empty because I live life right. I've lived for what is really meaningful. I've fulfilled God's purposes for my life. I don't want to hold back and get to the end of my race and say, you know what, I could have given more. I could have done more. I don't want to hold back and then say, you know what, I missed my opportunity. I want to live and I want to spend my life for something that is meaningful, that's eternal, that has an impact in the lives of the people that are around me. That's what living life right looks like. Second thing that uh, Paul talks about is fighting the good fight. How many of you guys are fighters or not? How many of you guys are competitive? You like playing games. How many of you guys that like playing games like to win, right? I always tell my kids, we're going to play games, kids, because you need to learn how to lose right. And uh, you got to learn how to lose, right? Something I didn't learn when I was a kid. And uh, I, I was thinking about this. You know, I was talking about um, or, or preparing this point. And, and uh, fighting, fighting the good fight is about recognizing what the right battles are. Right? I think too often we engage in the wrong battles. And we just, we end up getting stuck in fights that make no sense, that are meaningless, that they're just distractions. They just, they just uh, you know, they, they, they just take up our time, our energy, our attention, and they pull us away from our mission. And, and Paul says this. He says, I have fought the good fight. Then he tells uh, Timothy, you need to fight the Lord's battles. Right? And, and he's got this, this encouragement, like, okay, Timothy, stay on task. Do what you're, you're called to do. I was thinking about, you know, one of my recent uh, meaningless, stupid battles that I almost engaged in. It was when I was driving. I know you cannot relate. You cannot relate to this. But I'm just going to tell the story anyway. Probably three weeks ago, I'm heading down to Minneapolis. I've got to be there at 8 in the morning. I, it's about quarter to 8. And I'm... I'm driving right by Loring Park, and uh, there's a, a pedestrian crosswalk. So there's a jogger coming down the sidewalk, got one car in front of me, and uh, he stops, which is, that's, that's what you're supposed to do, right? You're not supposed to speed up when you see a jogger. You're supposed to like, not honk at them, not like, you know, okay, so he stops. I stop, one, because that's the law, and then second, because I don't want to ram the, you know, I don't want to rear-end the car in front of me, but the car behind me, they, you know, she, that lady, she was upset that we were stopping. She laid on her horn. I'm pretty chill in the morning. I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm pretty relaxed. I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm just, I, but I went from like zero to a hundred in an instant. Because I got like a high sense of justice. And, uh, and this was just, so, so I, you know, I, I stopped. And I look through my rearview mirror, and I wave at her, and then I point at the sign. She must have thought that I did something else, because she, she flipped me off with both hands. Not one, both hands. And honked at me again. I need to confess. I felt like putting my hazards on, 
getting out of the car, walking over to her window and saying, what's the problem? What's up? You know, what's, what's, you know. And all of a sudden, it must have been the Holy Spirit or like the voice of my wife or something. She wasn't in the car, but she still speaks to me even though when she's not there. Something said, how is it that this, this person 15 seconds ago was like off your radar? You didn't even know they existed. And now they got such power over you that you're about to get into like road rage, get out of your car, be late to your appointment, pick a fight that is meaningless. And I said, Lord, help me. Just help me calm down. Just practice some like slow, deep breathing and uh, put it in drive and kept on going, right? And uh, kind of glared at her a couple times through the rearview mirror, I must confess, but she turned off later on and, and everything was fine. I avoided a battle that was unnecessary, but it made me wonder how many times do I get engaged in just stuff that's meaningless. Paul talks about it all over in these letters. He's like, don't engage in meaningless conversations. Don't engage in, in, in fights that, that just, they don't, they don't profit anyone. They don't benefit anyone. If, if social media had been a thing back in, in Paul's time, he would have referenced it in First and Second Timothy. He would have said, you know what? Watch your posts. Watch your replies. Don't, you know, who's winning at this? Or are you losing because you're getting distracted? How many meaningless battles do we get drawn into? We get pulled into fights that are, they just don't, they're not part of the mission. They're not part of the battle that God wants us to fight. How do you pick your fights? Are you reactive? Are you impulsive? Do your emo emotions uh, hijack your decisions? What are the things that you fight for? What are the, are the things that are worthy of your best efforts? What, what, you know, where have you spent a ton of energy fighting about an, an issue that, that ends up being meaningless? What makes you angry? Love that. You know, in, in kind of a side note, the book of Jonah, chapter 4, God teaches Jonah uh, a lesson about anger. Because Jonah's just, he's so angry about this, this bush that was giving him shadow and shade on a hot day that dried up, and he's like, you're so angry about this? Well, what about the thousands of people in Nineveh that, that need hope? And we can get so wrapped up in our own issues, in our own soapboxes, in our own battles that we get tangled up in that we lose sight of the bigger picture. Fight the good fight. Fight the Lord's battles, not your own. Love that about David, David was known for being a man that fought God's battle. Study that. Read about his story. In fact, Abigail, and in uh, 1 Samuel 25, I'm going to give you some homework here. 1 Samuel 25, read it later. She, uh, she says, you know what, David, he's rushing into battle to confront this man that has insulted him and his, his people. And Abigail intercepts him and says, David, 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 David. You have been anointed by God to be king. Everyone knows that you fight God's battles. Don't do something that you will regret later. And he's able to kind of bring his emotions down. He was ready to go and, 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 and you know, show this man how to respect, right? But he was able to slow down and recognize this is not a battle that God has called me to fight. Sometimes it takes more courage to avoid a meaningless battle than it does to just jump in and fight, right? 
So how do we recognize, how do we know if this is what, a battle that God has called us to, to fight? David always consulted with the Lord. God, there's an issue here. Do I need to go in battle? Should I go or should I not? And God would say, yeah, you should go. I'm going to give you victory. See how different it is to go into battle that way? When you have the conviction, the faith that God is sending you, that you got the promise that he's going to give you victory. And then you go into that battle in a different way. You go in with the mindset of faith, of realizing that you depend on him. It's not your strength, it's his. It's his grace and not your clever ideas, right? And then there was times when David would say, should I go? And God said, no, I didn't. This isn't something I'm asking you to do. And he would hold back. That's why he had an incredible success rate in his battles. He always fought the right fights. He always fought the right battles. What are the things that we have been getting tangled up in lately? What are the things that are, that are consuming our thoughts? What are the things that are irritating us? What are the things that are, that, are, that, that are just, you know, we're dwelling on it. We go to bed thinking about it. We get up in the morning thinking about it. Are those battles God has called us to fight? Or are they just distractions? Have we, have we kind of stepped on the trap? of an enemy that's baited us into something that, that's just not, it's not part of our, our purpose. First Timothy 1.18, Timothy, my son, here are my instructions for you. Based on the prophetic words spoken about you earlier, may they help you fight well in the Lord's battles. Fight well in the Lord's battles. What gets me excited? What makes me angry? What am I willing to take risks for? What do I pour my energy in? What or who is getting my time and attention? What or who is getting my money? I want to encourage you to identify which battles are the Lord's. Stop. <laughs> it's the first thing, right? Stop. Pray. Listen. And then obey. If you skip any of the steps, it might not, you know, it might not work. You got to stop. You gotta pray, you gotta say, okay God, what is it that you have? Does this match your plan, your purposes for this day? Then you gotta listen, and then you gotta follow through and you gotta obey, and you will fight well in the Lord's battles. You can look back and say, like Paul did, I have fought the good fight. My energy, my life has been spent for the right cause, for the right, for the right motivations. And then finally, finish strong, run well, finish strong as a spouse, as a parent, as a child, as a, a child of God. Run well, finish strong. And if you fall, get up. Proverbs 24, 16 says, the godly may trip seven times, but they will get up again. Everyone say with me, get up again. Thanks for listening to Emmanuel Today. You can learn more about Emmanuel and enjoy other messages by checking out emmanuelcc.org. Emmanuel's Sunday services can be seen live every week at 9 and 11 a.m. at emmanuelcc.org. Be sure to tell others about this broadcast that they can enjoy next week at this same time.